You're listening to United Q Podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Kamado Joe, Thermopen, and Smokewood Shack. ProQ's extensive range of bullet smokers, reverse flow, and gravity-fed smokers will suit all, from the home enthusiast to the big volume caterer. Kamado Joe, the king of ceramics, is renowned for build quality and innovation. When smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Thermapen Instant Read Thermometers. Take the guesswork out of barbecuing with the super fast Thermapen. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent. This week's show, we have Helen Graves. Hello, Helen. How are you? Hello. I'm very well, thank you. Just settled down with a nice um, fresh cup of tea to have a nice chat with you guys. So thank you for inviting me on. Oh, no problem. It's uh, it's an honour to have you on. We've we've uh, known you for quite a few years now. I think we first met you judging at Grillstock a few years ago. And then obviously your, your name gets bounded around all over the place. <laughs> Pit Mag's out and everyone loves Pit Mag. So it's definitely time to get you on the podcast. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I've got my fingers in a lot of different pies. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very just... tasty pie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you want to just start off by just giving us a little bit of who you are and so yeah. in case the listeners don't know? Yeah. So, um, I'm a freelance food and travel writer and recipe developer. So, there's like several strands to what I do, really. Um, I do recipe development. Um, so, for lots of different websites. Uh, magazines and some sort of like specialist projects like at the moment I'm doing um, a set of recipes for people on dialysis which is quite random very random um, yeah very random and um, then I do food writing and I do travel writing which is like the ultimate <laughs> gig that everyone's really jealous of um, and then I also I'm the editor of Pit Magazine which is um, a independent barbecue magazine so that's yeah that's me I used to work at, I used to be a psychologist um, but I ditched it all for the love of food. <laughs> oh, you're going to be analysing us then? <laughs> no, don't worry. Everyone says that. <laughs> they, they say that, or they be, they're like, "Oh, I'd make a really good case study." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, yeah, Dan fine. would. Dan definitely would. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely won't do that. Yeah. I love psychology. I did A level psychology, and I actually, I'm really into computer science and psychology, and that was what I was applying to university to do. A, Oh, yeah. It's computer science with psychology degree. Nice. But, but I ended up just getting a job and earning money instead. Yeah, well, there's, there's a lot to be said for that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So 
like you said you've got the ultimate gig there with travel writing i think yeah everyone everyone wants to just travel eat and write about it i think that is the ultimate dream isn't it it is i mean do you know what i want to say that there's like bad aspects to it but there really aren't to be honest (laughs) (laughs) um i suppose you know you have to travel quite a lot on your own um, so, you know, if you're going to say there's one negative thing, like there's, you can't really share the experiences with anyone. Yeah. But I mean, it is amazing. Someone else pays for you to go to, you know, really great places. Um, and I went to Macau was the last place I went, um, which is, yeah, really amazing. It's sort of part of China, but it's like an autonomous region. Yeah. Um, so it's like a really interesting place. And people tend to know it just for like casinos and stuff, because a lot of people go there just to gamble. It's sort of bigger than Las Vegas for gambling um and but there's like this really interesting food culture there where um they it used to be occupied by the portuguese until really recently like the late 90s so um they've got a mixture of like uh portuguese and um chinese food there and it's just really bizarre (laughs) so you get things like salt called fried rice um and just like these really interesting dishes that are a fusion of all the cuisines so yeah i went there for like a week and it was it was a really incredible trip and sometimes you go a bit closer to home, obviously, but that was a real, that was a really good one. So I've been to some really cool places, yeah, yeah. I've been hearing loads about Macau recently, and it's, it's interesting for me. Uh, this weekend, I'm actually heading down to uh, Malacca, which is, uh, it was an old British settlement, but also an old Dutch settlement and an old Portuguese settlement here in Malaysia. It was sort of the first place, uh, sort of pre-Singapore, it was sort of the first uh sort of, uh, I would say, like the, the hub of all sort of shipping and trade prior yeah. to Singapore. Yeah. So uh, yeah. it was a, it was a real sort of uh, place on the, on the spice route and everything like that. And uh, yeah. there's actually a huge sort of uh, Portuguese, Chinese population there. And they're still currently with a bit of Dutch thrown in. And the food is, it's such a, it's such an interesting uh take on on sort of like you've you've just got malaysia's like really good at mixing things uh yeah. like they're like it's like sort of fusion life here like everyone gets on quite well mixes together very well etc and and the food is, is really interesting actually in malacca for that and and uh I think it's probably the first time I've heard of sort of a Chinese port a Chinese Portuguese mix yeah. uh, well, somewhere yeah. else. So yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's pretty it's pretty cool it's, it's a great food destination I imagine Macau is as well once you uh, leave the casinos and <laughs> yeah and find find your way around but uh, but yeah I just yeah. found that quite interesting actually. Yeah, it's more once you get into sort of the old town and, yeah, there's, there's still a lot of Portuguese people living there. And they, um, basically, the mm. Portuguese sailors married the Chinese um, women. Um, yeah. So they create this these Macanese people um, and they're sort of really unique and they've got this, like, patois that they speak and stuff. But, yeah, as you were saying, it was on the, it was on the Silk Road. So the Portuguese were great sailors and they brought all these spices and um, different things around everywhere. So very interesting. It's a very interesting yeah. trip, Yeah. <laughs> So where where have you go. where have you been that's less glamorous? <laughs> oh my goodness, where have I been that's less glamorous? Um, I'm trying to think of somewhere that's like not cool to visit, which is quite a hard thing to do because traveling's cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, almost everywhere you go, there's there's like something really something really interesting to find. I can't think of anywhere that's. I went to Southall the other day, <laughs> which is the other side of London, and yeah. it took me like two hours to get there. It's out near Heathrow. I just went out for dinner and I didn't realise how far it was. And it was like two hours each way. 
So um, does that count? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we we've done stuff like that down there, haven't we? We've we've gone like, oh, we'll just pop here, and it's yeah, like you said, two or three hours in two directions. You're like, yeah, that's exactly. not really just popping out for dinner, is it? No, <laughs> it's the enthusiasm, though. You know, you can't fault the enthusiasm. No, definitely not. <laughs> but I guess, like you said, people aren't going to send you to some random destination unless there's something that's pulled you to go there in the first place you, you don't just get sent down like a rabbit hole go and try and find some good food in this place and no <laughs> exactly exactly macau's been on a big the government's on a big pr push at the moment so i think that's why you've been seeing macau everywhere because they want mm. to promote it as somewhere to go other than this you know just casino place um which i mean i'm sure is cool if you like gambling but i've never actually been inside a casino apart from the hippodrome so i don't i don't really know what it's like but i don't think it's for me <laughs> maybe you should review the food inside of casinos well the one in in um, the hippodrome in london heliot steakhouse is meant to be really good um but i haven't actually been but everyone says it's actually great so yeah. <laughs> maybe i should <laughs> um so that and you said that was for food and travel magazine did you yeah, I was really chuffed about that because it's a, it's a magazine that I used to buy at the airport before I would go travelling. And I, and um, when mm. I got that commission, I was like, oh, I'm really, you know, I, I really felt like I really made it. Yeah, I've made it now. <laughs> yeah, I've arrived, I've arrived. So, um, yeah, I was really, really chuffed about that, I'll be honest with you. So, like, sometimes when you get a commission, you're just really excited to be in that magazine. And yeah. it's just, you know, it really makes you just think, wow, this is a cool job, which yeah. it is. <laughs> It is uh, like you said. It, you when you look at these publications, and you are almost you're a customer of them, and like yeah. to, to be featured in them is like the ultimate aspiration yeah. for anyone. I think absolutely, it just feels amazing to see your name there, and and they send you with a photographer who takes amazing pictures, so it makes you look really good as well. <laughs> yeah, well, I, me me and Dan are both like big fans of the Great British um, Chefs website. We still always use it as sources of recipes and stuff when we were when dan and i used to work in the office together and yeah. I, I was looking at barbecue related stuff on there the other day and your name <laughs> popped up on there <laughs> so yeah you've made it there for me because i'm like oh if i could get my name on that website that's the ultimate <laughs> dream for me <laughs> i'm sure you could it's a really great website actually I, it's really impressive how they've grown that website yeah um i'm not sure how it's been long it's been going now but it seems quite a long time maybe 10 years or I don't know, maybe not that long, but um, yeah, I used to use it because, I mean, yeah, it has recipes from very famous chefs, and then it has recipes from people like me <laughs> and other people, um, and it's just this huge resource, and it's really, really well done, and I do um, I do quite a lot of work for them now, actually. Um, I'm just working on a set of hot sauce recipes for them at the moment, um, and yeah, like you say, I did a set of barbecue recipes for them last year. And I do a lot of um, stuff. I work with brands for them as well. So if there's a particular product, like a client they're working with, um, for example, I did some work with the chili oil people, um, Lee Kumki. So yeah, um, I just think it's a really great website. So yeah, people should check it out if they haven't yeah. already. Yeah, we definitely yeah, agree. Yeah, I've been using it for years. And I just find that I think that I don't think I've actually uh, come across a bad recipe from the website if you know what I mean like, yeah. I, I find it quite, and, and what I quite like about it is quite often there's a few different versions of the recipe I find it really easy to navigate say like you've got an ingredient because you got, there's it's just really a natural website to use I find so like you've got an ingredient for instance you can focus on and 
and then uh, get different ideas from that ingredient. And, and I just find it really good in, for inspo, really. I, it's, it's a, I, I really enjoyed it. I've, I've been using it for, for years now, as I said. I mean, and then it, it sort of blew up and was really, really popular and, and everywhere. And yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, I think it's really clean looking. Um, and like you say, it's quite intuitive to use. So yeah, definitely. Whoever's set that up did a good job. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well done. Yeah. yeah, give yourself a pat on the back. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll congratulate them. Maybe we'll tag them in the episode. Well done, guys. <laughs> High five. <laughs> um so you, so you said you, you do a lot of the kind of recipe development so what is what's your background have you been a chef worked as a chef before or are you a home cook what's your route into recipe development yeah so no basically i've never been a chef and i've never had any formal training um i'm completely self-taught so i think that's actually quite an advantage nowadays um because you know if recipes are too chefy it just doesn't translate to the home kitchen at all and i think um you know people want to know if a recipe is going to work in a home kitchen and mm. it's just a very different way of cooking um I, I just i wouldn't be happy working in a professional kitchen because it's just not the way i like to cook like cooking for me is just so much fun and i don't i don't want to cook under pressure it's just you not want something... to lose that element yeah, I'm just not interested in doing that. I mean, some people get off on that buzz, but it's not something that is for me. So I like to like potter around, you know, a couple of beers, <laughs> um, you know, just just enjoy myself basically. And I, and I, I mean, if I'm if I'm working, then I'm testing a lot of recipes in one day, it might be slightly more frantic than that, and I probably wouldn't be drinking. But you know what I mean. I like to be maybe relaxed more than and, two beers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I probably just stop at the two can point, but you know. <laughs> It's just, yeah, it's not a route I've ever really considered. And I now I'm at a point where I just don't think it would be helpful for me anyway. So, yeah, I, basically the way I got into it was I started um, a blog like 10 years ago, well, 11 years ago now, when there, there weren't really any food blogs around um, called Food Stories. And it was one of the first sort of food blogs. And it was quite exciting in those days, believe it or not. <laughs> um, you know, we, it, the Internet was like a really friendly place and, everyone used to comment on each other's blogs and some of my mm. friends now my, my closest friends are like people I met on the internet um through blogging which is yeah just mad really um so that's how I sort of started cooking and then eventually I started to get work from it um and then I sort of went part-time in my job working in psychology research about five years ago maybe six years and then um decided to go full-time with it it was quite hard at first because it's hard to get a steady income going yeah but once and to I, make that leap yes yeah you need to have a bit of money saved up basically um but once i i sort of found my feet it was yeah best thing i ever did i think i think <laughs> she yeah. says looking at the bills <laughs> yeah <laughs> one day <laughs> yeah yeah awesome no it's great and like you said the cold like world of food blogging and stuff has changed so massively i think like yeah. it it used to be used to be a lot harder to do it as well, didn't it? Like building a blog wasn't as simple as it is these days, and I think it did it did like become a, more of a social place to be. Whereas these days, I don't find that blogs get the interaction anywhere near what they used to. Like like I said, when I I had a food blog ten years ago, and mm -hmm. used to get comments on the recipes and stuff all the time. Whereas 
these days. I can see I'm getting lots of hits, but not as much engagement on that. But then you've got social networks which kind of fill that gap now. Yeah. yeah. I think what happens is that now, for me, my, my website's more like a CV. So people can go there, they can see what I do. Yeah. But um, people, like you say, people don't engage. So I'll post a recipe, I might get like one comment on there now. Yeah. Um, but people might reply to, to me on Twitter or on Instagram. So um, like you say, socials sort of come along and, and filled that gap. But I mean, it is a bit like, it does feel a bit like you're just posting it into the void sometimes. Because you've once you've had that interaction online, you sort of miss it. And I do sort of miss those golden days. But, you know, things evolve. Now we've got things like podcasts. So, yeah. you know exactly and we've got it's all good hundreds of people listening to us right now yeah well, not, not right now <laughs> not right now we'll be when they're actually listening to it so yeah right now <laughs> hi <laughs> it's all confusing <laughs> um last week's podcast got a bit random uh, if, i don't know if you saw the artwork for it but me and dan talked about some random stuff to do with him being like winnie the pooh with a honey pot and <laughs> me just being obsessed with eating Angus and oink voodoo mango sauce so I just made the artwork for last week's episode of selfie of me with a Winnie the Pooh teddy and some Angus and oink sauce I did see it actually yeah, I, did, I, did, I, did, I, I saw it and admired it thank you <laughs> and that was him before the podcast even recorded so <laughs> <laughs> that's just normal that's how we engineer yeah. these podcasts we're so clever with our scripting <laughs> a lot of plans. So let's jump to let's jump to Pit Magazine. Oh, jump too far. <laughs> let's, jump, let's jump. Let's get in. I wanted to see how how it went from food and bloggy stuff to specifically like barbecue food. Okay, 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 okay. Rewind, rewind, rewind. rewind. Cut, 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 cut. Cut that bit. So, <laughs> Ben has a great question for you, Ben. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I think you might have heard what I was going to I, ask. I did, I did pick that up, yeah. <laughs> so um, basically what happened was I just started to do a lot of barbecue recipes on the blog. Um, and so I remember someone saying to me at the time, well, you should, you should write a book about barbecue. But at that time, I was just like, I hadn't done any books then. And I was just like, oh, no, I just, I just, I just didn't feel confident. I wasn't really in a place with my, with my cooking where I felt like I, I was, had any kind of authority um, so I just kept doing them on the blog and they basically just became the most popular recipes on there. Um, and they still are the most popular recipes on there. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's it's really cool, actually, that I became known for that because I also think there are like not enough women yeah. um, mm. that are sort of visible in barbecue. And I just find that because I know that they're there um, and I... I'm just I just wish that, you know, there are a few more female voices, to be honest. So I'm quite glad to be one of them. Here, here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you know lots of women that like yeah, to barbecue do. Yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, you say, once you're in the world of it, it's it's there is lots of women that are into it, but it's still very much perceived as a male-dominated environment, and it kind of is. It's always been yeah. known as like women. This is going to sound sexist now. Women do the cooking, but men do the barbecuing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's yeah, always true. A great meme though that like oh uh my husband's holding a barbecue this weekend I didn't and then it's like uh <laughs> yeah he is holding a barbecue this weekend which means that i'm going to prepare everything i'm going to do everything i'm going to do this i'm going to do that i'm going to do all the washing up and everything and then he's going to stand at the grill and everyone's going to be like ah oh, great great food well done <laughs> food. yeah yawn 
It's like, yeah. you know, oh, do we get to do the side dishes? Thanks. Yeah. Not that side <laughs> dishes are rubbish, but you know. Yeah, um, go, go knock mean, up a potato salad, will you? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I make a good potato salad, don't get me wrong. But yeah. Well, you would, you're the a woman. The thing is, it's like, yeah, it's frustrating. <laughs> it's, it's frustrating. I mean, the thing is, like, it is a male-dominated world, and that's okay. But I just think, you know, it would be nice if we saw a few fem- more female yeah, voices. Um, and so we're trying to do that with Pitt as well. We're trying to trying to make sure that it's just not all men all the time <laughs> in there. Although yeah. we do like men, so don't worry. <laughs> so does Dan by the sound of it. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Great. Yes. Whoa, has someone come to lock us up already? <laughs> <laughs> it's like can you hear the sirens sorry yeah. about that. I, just um so everyone knows i'm not i've not been arrested but um not i yet. just live ne- next to a hospital <laughs> okay. so that's what that is yeah cool <laughs> dan do you want to take mm-hmm. it back to your question <laughs> <laughs> oh well so pit magazine so uh, i just i found Something you said a minute ago, quite interesting, is, and uh, someone was saying that you, sorry, you said that someone said about having a, uh, started, why wouldn't you write a barbecue book? And and you said about having the the authority to, mm. you didn't feel like you had the authority to do that. I find that a really interesting topic, and I find that really interesting, because uh, I, I don't know, we, we often talk about stuff on here, and I think, like, do we even have the authority to really even talk about it? But then also I find myself thinking that's such a stupid thing to say in my Mm. head Mm. because really, I don't know, I sort of, I hate that line, but also really do respect that line at the same time because like, there's- I know what you mean. Yeah. It's 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 a a strange one, but I just, when you said it, it's something I often think to myself, but also I sort of tell myself off for thinking, but in some ways there are sort of- uh, I don't know, especially when it comes to like culture and stuff, you 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 again don't really have I don't really have the authority to talk about certain things, I guess. But but yeah, sorry. I think I think what I what I meant is that um I felt at that time that I didn't have the technical knowledge, basically. So Okay. I, yeah, so like if you're you know, if you're gonna write a book, then you need to really know what you're talking about in terms of mm. res- writing recipes. So yeah, that's what I meant by authority. But I I I think that's the wrong word, really, because I know what you're saying. It's like, I don't think, I think it should be accessible to everyone to, like, you know, have a go and, and just, you know, and talk yeah. about it. And, you you know, you don't and have I like to that. Be... I sort of do like yeah. that. and But I do also get, like, at the same time, I, that's why I think sometimes, like, people are going to be sat there thinking, like, who are you to be commenting on this? But I also think, like, at the same time, well, if I'm not coming about who is and who am I not to do I, I just I just find it interesting and, and sure. yeah, it was a, yeah. a comment that was just yeah I think you've got to I think if you if you're going to write a book you either, you need to bring your own something to the table so it could be the like technical knowledge or it could be your voice like you know yeah that might, might people might really engage with it could be your personality it could be your recipes so I just didn't feel like like at that time I had I mean, we're talking like eight years ago that I had, yeah. you know, one of those things to bring to the table, whereas now I would. So yeah. there we go. Good. <laughs> no, I did. I felt the exact same the first time I ever did like a demo on a food stage at a food show when you've yeah, like never done that before and you stand in front of everyone almost like I'm a chef when you've yeah. stood there on a stage with people who 
actually are chefs who you've watched at these shows for years <laughs> and you're like how am i up here now yeah <laughs> how did this happen together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's scary isn't it i yeah. mean yeah i i absolutely hate things like that and um i think i'm much better to be honest um like not in front of an audience i don't know <laughs> I, I, I it's more of a confidence issue um, but like, I don't know. Yeah, it would make mm. me anxious. But it's the sort of thing that you do it, and then you get through it, and afterwards you just feel amazing. Yeah, because you, like you've just like climbed a mountain or something. <laughs> Dan and I, Dan and I, are professional show offs, so we quite like it. <laughs> do you? I'm sort of. I heard a great phrase recently, which was like, when you could be like part introvert and part extrovert, like you're sort of like backing into the limelight. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's me. <laughs> So it's Pit Magazine. Here, yes. is, that, is that is that a? <laughs> am I am I going to get into it now? So go on then. Where 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 was that born? How did how did that come out? Because obviously you're you're writing a lot of barbecue recipes, which is which is great, and uh, you're writing recipes for for different websites and different publications and stuff. And and, mm-hmm. and where did the idea come to to start a, a barbecue magazine? And, and and how did it happen? Sure. Well, it wasn't actually my idea. Um, it was um, Doug and Holly's idea. So Doug and Holly are the two other people that are involved in Pit. Um, so Holly's the art director. She does all the design. Um, and uh, Doug is the managing editor. So he does like sales and distribution and everything. Um, mm. And it was actually their idea. It's something they've been thinking about for quite a long time. Um, and they wanted to make it happen. Holly already works in magazines and publishing. So she kind of knew about that side of it. Um, and they wanted to find um, an editor and they've been following my work for a while and, and knew that I was really into barbecue. So they just, Holly just sent me an email one day and just said, um, so <laughs> we want to start this barbecue magazine. Um, would you be up for it? And I was like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> um, so we just met up, basically went to the pub, had about some beers. <laughs> many, we had some beers, an amount of beers. And um, it was really good and we just got on really well. Um, and we just knew that it was good. it was the right thing to do, and that was a couple of years ago. That's basically the story of how Pitt was born. So, um, yeah, that was it. I mean, I just yeah, I kind of got lucky, really. I just I'm still really grateful to them for just thinking of me because it's so cool to make and make something that's in print and to see it. Like I've got mm. it in front of me now, I'm just really really proud of it. Um, it's a lot of hard work, but it's totally worth it. So yeah. Great. Yesterday I found the. Uh, the first ever pit mag in my office and i remember just suddenly remembered the, the front page artwork and i just think it's so cool that yeah is, was that holly that designed that was it or that was michael driver um, oh, an ill- illustrator yeah we commissioned yeah. different illustrators to do the front covers um um and i just absolutely love that illustration i was thinking earlier that i might get it framed actually because it's just really cool and really graphic isn't it and he's yeah. picking that steak i just absolutely love it um, so we've had a different illustrator for each one. And, um, yeah, we have some really great contrib- contributors. And Holly um, chooses all the all the um, illustrators and photographers. But we basically tend to agree on everything. It's really strange. <laughs> so we, we've never like had a disagreement about what would go in the magazine or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a really cool project. And we try to focus. The, point, the whole point of Pitt is that we want to focus on like global barbecue it's not just about american style barbecue although that Mm -hmm. is great and we love it um and it's not about competition barbecue although that's also great it's just you know there are people all over the world making you know doing all these amazing styles and we just wanted it to be really global and i think that's where it sort of stands out really um yeah 
that's Definitely. basically pit. One of one of my favourite articles that I saw in it is the um, disposable barbecue challenge. Oh, do you like that? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I, I love the one where he tried to build a pizza oven. Yeah, so James from Pizza Pilgrims, I mean, it was doomed from the start. I've got to be honest. <laughs> he, he he fashioned a pizza oven from, like, God knows how many um, instant barbecues. And, of course, so it was in the shape of a normal pizza oven. And he just set it alight and the whole thing just turned into this massive inferno. <laughs> and it just melted into one big pile. And we had to get the fire extinguisher out. That's the, the only time we've ever had to get the fire extinguisher out with the instant barbecue challenge. Um, <laughs> needless to say, it did not work. And then we just cooked the pizza on the sort of remains. <laughs> <laughs> How was it? <laughs> Do you know what? It was all right, actually. It was quite nice. It was it was edible. So I, we were quite impressed. <laughs> I'm wasn't the best pizza you've ever had. <laughs> it was, no, it wasn't up there, I'll be honest. <laughs> I, when I saw the photos, because like, the magazine does it quite well, where you kind of see the build-up as you're going through, and like, you, if you don't just look to the end where it's a burning inferno, like you see it, and you're like, this could actually work. Oh, no, it won't. <laughs> no, it won't. Turn the page. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah we always hire like, a, a photographer to kind of do it properly. So, um, it, yeah, I, th- I think it looks really good. I'm glad you said you liked it because it takes up quite a lot of space and we were wondering about whether to keep doing it. Um, I want to because... do one. I've been trying to think up some sort of challenge that I could do with it. I was like, can we do oh, a whole do hog one. over them or something? You've got to need... Actually, we do have a lot of spare instant barbecues, so <laughs> it might be possible. Um, we had a little teensy ordering error. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we have quite a lot of spare ones. So it could, you know, it could happen. <laughs> I'm trying to think up the right challenge. If any listeners have got a good idea for a challenge, then message us and we'll Absolutely. see if we can come up with something. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, so we we had Rob Walsh on just before Christmas, and he mentioned yeah. you guys saying that he's doing something with you guys, and that's coming yeah. up, I think, in the next issue. That's right. Yes, yeah, so the next issue is coming out at the end of March, and he is um, doing something for us on ways at Expert on Texas Barbecues, you know. Um, he's really great. I met him. He came over to London and he came down to the London Barbecue School in Peckham. Yeah. Um, it's run by Alistair Instone, which is really great. I really love it down there. And um, the, there was we were making hot links down there with Lap, um, who is somebody who lives in Birmingham. He's like um, a cookery school teacher and sort of he's not a chef, but he's like a really, really good home cook. Um, and mm. he was doing hot links down there. Um so yeah, he came down for that. We met him, and he was like really chatty and really cool, really interesting guy. And he's super experienced as well. So we're really, really lucky that he's going to do an article for us. So yeah. it's a bit of a score there. To yeah, be honest with he's you. written so so many articles and so many books, and he's got such a back catalogue of information. And like you say, yeah. he can just talk and talk as well. Like we could probably have him on the podcast every week because he's just got <laughs> so many stories. Yeah. It's one of those that once you dig, dig or keep digging, you just find out more and more and more amazing stuff that he's done. So yeah, yeah. he's a fascinating Super guy. Cool. Yeah, and really lovely as well. Yeah. So what what's been your favourite thing in Pit Mag so far? I think my absolute favourite thing is when James Wetlaw from um, Cabrito Goat Meat came and cooked a giant goat shawarma. Um, it was massive, like seriously massive. Um, it was like the middle of winter and he came to Holly and Doug's house, which is in Catford in southeast London. 
and it was just like the weather was just like apocalyptic it was like snowing like really heavily <laughs> and he was just at the bottom of the garden made this like giant goat shawarma and we invited like 30 people or something and um the whole garden just turned into a mud bath <laughs> <laughs> so people were just like sliding around and just oh, it was just hilarious and it was raining and it was snowing and it was just freezing cold but he made this just incredible shawarma and we just yeah kept slicing and slicing off it and we ate really well and he said it's his favorite ever cook so that was nice of him because it was just like so against the elements but just so much fun i think that's just yeah there's something really fun about that yeah because we got we all grill in like great weather right we all cooking great in you know when it's sunny but it was something like it was like a survival challenge um and we had a really really fun day um yeah that so that was really memorable and another memorable one was um with lap who i just mentioned my friend um who cooked eels for us so he smoked one and he grilled one and it was just like because it's something i never really attempt i don't think because mm. you know, no, i don't quite, think i've ever cooked eel no it's quite challenging um so and he's like really skillful um so it involves quite a lot of high-end knife skills i would say <laughs> um and that was in i think the second issue um so that yeah that's another memorable one so they're probably my two favorites I don't think I'd ever eaten much eel, though, until I went to Japan and then just ate loads of eel. But <laughs> it's not something you often, like, really come across in, like, modern-day Britain, really. So, no. yeah. But in other parts of the world, it's still really popular. Uh, here, here it's quite popular in Malaysia as well. But, but, yeah, it's not something you really come across massively. I'm, I'm quite well, – I'm, I'm a foodie, obviously, I guess – but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you don't really see it featuring on menus and, and stuff that often, I wouldn't say. Well, maybe in recent years, it's had a bit of a rival, I would say, eel, but it's not something you often see massively around, I guess. Yeah, I think smoked eel is a lot, is more popular, but you've got to be careful mm. where you get them because I think they're um, getting a bit scarce. So we did put something about that in the magazine, just saying. Mm. It's a little disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I've realised that last week, Dan, we were like made these like promises that in this week's episode we were going to talk about food trends that we thought were coming up this year and stuff like that. But we've already gone mm. over our time, so <laughs> uh, we'll have to line that up for our next episode, I think. But um, trends, yeah. Trends. So, what have you got? Any quick snippets of uh, what do you see as twenty nineteen food trends? Crikey. You're putting me on the spot here. You mean in mm. barbecue or just generally? No, just in general. I guess we'll always link it back to barbecue because we're obsessed. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, I actually was asked, I've been asked for those so many times and I have actually sent my ideas off to people and my mind has gone completely blank. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm quite useless. What do you think? I, don't know, we, we were, I think we started talking about it because of January is like the new you and everyone does these new fad diets and there's well, veganuary yeah. and mm -hmm. triannuary and anything you can stick the word annuary onto the end of. Yeah, uh, I guess, you know, I think people are going to, people are quite conscious about eating cooking meat now, but I think, you know, the kind of people that we know in barbecue are quite conscious about the sort of the way they source meat anyway. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, I mean, obviously, I think there'll be a trend toward, and I don't think it's a trend. I think it's just something that's happening. People are moving more towards a vegetable-based diet and they're eating less meat less often. Mm. Um, but I don't think that's just a trend. I think that's that's yeah. something that will continue happening. Mm. It's not just a fad. <laughs> no. 
it will be everyone's reality at some point, whether it's yeah. now or however we are all going to need to be more mindful of, of where we get our meat from yeah. or what, what the amount of meat we're using. So, it's yes, it's going to be – it's not a fad. It's reality, and it will be a reality for, for everyone at some point, mm. which is – This the keto keto diet I hear mentioned quite a lot recently. Yeah, I don't really know what that is. What is that? <laughs> But I think that's gone with myself the opposite. And I think they eat a lot of meat and a lot of proteins and stuff. Do mm. they? Oh, I'm, you know, I'm just, it's just so far removed from like anything <laughs> I would ever do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, I didn't obviously, I haven't even bothered finding out what it is. So. <laughs> well, you, next week you're telling us all about keto. <laughs> yeah. I'll go and look it up. Or a, mojito, a or a mojito. I don't know. Mojito. That's more that's more my style. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, Helen. It's been great oh, to talk pleasure. to you. Um we look forward to the next issue of Pit Mag and hopefully we can think up some cool idea to do with these disposable barbecues. <laughs> that would be great. We would love to have you do that. That would be really cool. Cool. Right, well thanks again. If if anyone wants to follow you on social media and stuff, do you want to tell us how they can find you? Yeah, so they can find Pit is on. Sorry, someone else is calling me. Um, they can find Pit Magazine on. Um, it's Pit at Pit Magazine UK, and that's on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and they can follow me. I'm at Food Stories on everything. Great. And where can you can you buy the Pit Magazine online or? Yeah, so it's um, pitmagazine.uk. So it's not .co.uk. It's .uk. Okay. Um, so you can buy it on the website. Um, and there's a list of um, retailers on there as well great well thanks again for coming on awesome thank you very much thanks so much for having me on no worries speak to you later cheers cheers bye, bye. you're listening to united q podcast we're brought to you by pro q Kamado joe thermopen and smokewood shack Pro-Q's extensive range of bullet smokers, reverse flow and gravity-fed smokers will suit all, from the home enthusiast to the big volume caterer. Kamado Joe, the king of ceramics, is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Thermopen Instant Read Thermometers. Take the guesswork out of barbecuing with the super fast Thermopen. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent.